0: So we're uh, making our trek through the Bible, and today we ended up in Judges. And so if you have your Bible, turn to Judges. You can go to chapter 6. We're going to be around uh, verse 11 when we get into it. And uh, when you think about the Bible, you think especially the Old Testament, you think, well, we're going to talk about Abraham, you know, uh, and uh, just how important it was that God used him to uh, be the father of of a great people and then you think about Moses and he's the one who is the great leader and we've been there talking about how God brings his children to give them a place and to be a people and uh, or we could think about David. David's a big figure in the Old Testament. He wrote so much of the book of Psalms and then as well. He's such a large figure. Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of folks who might've had a smaller role, but had a big impact. And today we're gonna to look at a guy named Gideon. And Gideon was a great leader in his, greatest leader in his generation. Book of Judges is a book of corruption. Uh, there's a lot uh, that goes on in the book of Judges, but we have this story that I could not uh, resist. And I want you, as we look today, I wanna to talk to you about Gideon because we can learn a lot from Gideon, one of the main things that we can learn is that uh, you can change. You can change. And I want us to look at that, and uh, I I want you to look at the setting as we go into the story and what God does through Gideon and how significant it is. And I want us to look at this story and for us to really look at how do you live a significant life? I mean, I know a lot of people want to talk about how to be successful and all that kind of stuff. And this is not a self help sermon, all right? We are going to be looking at a story and what we can learn from Gideon, and we can learn about living a significant life and what God can do. Because, and let me just start out, if you are going to live that significant life for God, the first thing that you have to do is you have to discover your identity. It starts with that. You have to begin there if you're going to live a significant life. If God is gonna use you, if you're going to, it all starts with that. Look at verse 11, the last part of verse 11 in chapter 6 in the book of Judges. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Wow. Here he is. In a wine press. He's kind of hiding out, and the angel of the Lord appears to him. Here's if you're going, you have to choose. If you want to live a strategic life for God, if you want to live for God, you have a choice. And your first choice is Am I going to live my life literally just taking my cues from my circumstances? Or Am I going to live a life where I listen to what God says about me? Are you gonna look at your circumstances or are you gonna listen to what God says about you? Now here is the setting. Gideon is hiding out in a wine press and every year the crops come in for the children of Israel and every year for seven years, The Midianites have been coming in and they rob and they steal and they maraud and they take what's Israel's. And so here is Gideon hiding in the wine press where nobody will see him and he's threshing wheat. He's hiding. And so the angel of the Lord shows up there. Are you hiding this morning in a wine press? In your life, in your circumstances, do you hide in some menial tasks? Are you just hiding? Are you hiding behind some phone? Do you hide behind some computer? Are you hiding in some menial tasks? In my life, I have hidden Behind many, I, I've hidden in the wine press many times. I've, uh, I've, I've straightened up my desk. I've spent whole days trying to organize myself a little bit when I knew there was something bigger and better for me to do. Now, there's nothing wrong with straightening up your desk. I mean, my desk probably needed straightening. But are you hiding in some, some menial tasks and God has called you to something bigger? And he's calling you, and he, he wants you to do something greater than just these meaningful tasks. And God shows up and says that he wants to do something big in his life. You might be hiding because you're afraid today. I mean, you got that from Adam, by the way. You got that from Adam. What did Adam do when God came and said, and it came looking for Adam and Eve after they had sinned? What did he do? He hid in the bushes and he blamed her. Hide and blame. That's our character. That's what we do. We hide. You might be hiding because of fear. Hiding in a wine press. You might be hiding from some significant task. Or you might be hiding out. Listen, you might be hiding out from sharing your faith. You might be hiding out from some dream that God put in your heart and God knows it and he still shows up. God finds Gideon in the wine press and it's still our choice. It's our choice. Am I going to choose my fear? My fear is what people are gonna think if I trust God and if I find my, build my life on God what am, and my identities in him, or am I going to listen to what God says about me? God says to Gideon, Mighty hero, those are the first words. The angel of the Lord says, Mighty hero. And I can imagine Gideon is like, Who, me? Is there somebody else in here? Because he's hiding in a wine press. Same is true for Abram. Abram, God takes him outside and says, I'm going to make, look at the stars. As abundant as the stars, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And he changes his name, Abraham. Look at Peter, the guy that, that we all know is the bold guy and he's so central and he confesses Christ. And when he's asked, he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, upon you, Peter, that confession and who you are, I'm going to build my church. So I'm going to call you Petrus. Petrus. Peter, I would encourage you today. Today is just like a day any other day, and you might be hiding in a wine press here today. You've got to choose to listen to what God says about you. Now, listen to me. I'm not talking to you about convincing yourself, this isn't self-help, to convince yourself yourself uh, of it, but what God says about you. You have been told maybe by some people that you, uh, that maybe even people that were important to you as you were growing up, that you're stupid. You're a loser. You're never gonna mount to anything. You're always gonna be trouble. Or maybe through some traumatic event, maybe it is that you've heard you're just a victim and it's left you hurt. And you're lost, and maybe you're empty. What would surprise you to hear in the wine press today from God? What would surprise you to hear God say? While you're in the wine press, you would hear God say, You are deeply loved. You might say, oh, no, no, Johnny Mac, you don't know. Nobody loves me, man. You have no idea where I've come from. You don't know what my family's like or anything. Ain't nobody loves me. I want you to know God loves you. Some of you might be here and you might be saying in the wine press, uh, you're a man of faith. You're a woman of faith. And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just went off the tracks. There's no way. I didn't grow up in church. I don't know much about this. And God shows up and says that you are the one that's going to break the cycle in your family. You're the one that God's going to get a hold of you, and He's going to make you great in this generation. You might be hiding out in a wine press here today. And you might be surprised to say, you are forgiven. Based on the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and the atoning sacrifice of Jesus and his resurrection, your sins can be forgiven. You might be surprised in the wine press if you would hear somebody say, you are gifted to serve. You're like, oh, not me, my wife, we read, she reads to me in the morning before I leave uh, from Tozer. And he was saying this morning, he was saying, he used the, the thing was ungifted hands. And he was saying, and this like, I'm a lot like this. I can't play the piano. I can't paint a painting worth anything. Uh, there's so many things I can't do. And his point of what he was saying in the devotion was reminding us of the great need for us to realize that God has called each one of us. He has a call in each one of our lives that's different. And you might be hiding out in a wine press, and I'm here to say to you today, quit just looking at your circumstances and everything and start looking at what God says about you. Your identity is found, can it be found in what I think, what you're always thinking about yourself and just your circumstances? Or do you really apply God's word to your life? And this is the second thing. Once you get your identity straight, then you have to decide your activity. You have to decide, how is it that I'm going to spend my life? So Gideon is in the wine press and the Lord says, you're a mighty hero. And and man, all of the doubts and then the frustrations, they come boiling out. And he says in uh, verses 13 and 14, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and he's handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. I mean, all of it comes boiling out. And you might be here today, you might be like, man, just looks like the church is getting clobbered and I don't know what's going on. And I'm here to say to you, we have a choice. You have a choice. You're either going to wait for the strength that you don't have now or you are going to go in the strength that you do have. So most of us are like this. We're like, oh, God, give me the power. Give me what I need. Give me more money. Give me the training. Oh, Lord, give me the authority to do everything that you want me to do. Then I'll go, Lord. God, would you prove yourself And then I'll go do it. I'll start getting busy. I'll find myself in you. And then I'll be active for you. Just give it to me, Lord. You can go in the strength that you do have or you wait for the strength you don't have. Go in the strength that you do have. There's a pastor wrote a book many years ago. His name was Ray Steadman. He said, many people never discover what God can do in their lives because they keep waiting to feel powerful. And so they don't even act. No, you will not feel powerful. Begin to reach out and act to meet needs around you. And you will discover God's power, his unusual power. And that's the third thing. And now listen to me. This is right here. Right here, listen up. This is what you're never going to hear in a book and in a self help book or anything. You're not going to hear on this on TV. Determine your capacity. Because most of us in our actives say, okay, so what, what are my resources? Uh, and find the resources to do this. And here's the listen. listen to me, this is important. The promise is in God, not yourself. This is not a self-help sermon because we have a choice. You can rely on your resources or, listen, because this is counterculture, or watch God use your weaknesses. It's easier for me to rely on myself and the resources I have as a safe place. But here is what is true. Watch God use your weaknesses weaknesses. Now, you might say, well, what's my weaknesses? Well, it's any place that you don't see the resources that you need to do what God is asking you to do or calling you to do. Maybe even in the middle of hurt or anxiety or pain, we think, hey man, if I can get rid of my weaknesses and then somehow I'll start being active for God, then God can use me. I'll get rid of all my weaknesses. God, listen, God is glorified when he can use you and he can even use your weaknesses, even through weakness. And it's because God can show the world his glory, not yours. Look at this right here, real quick. Judges 7, let's go on over to 7, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. So he, they've got 32,000 soldiers to go against 135,000 Midianites. And he says to them, he says to Gideon, uh, I want you to pare that down. So go to all your soldiers and tell them, hey, if anybody doesn't want to fight, if you don't want to do this, then go ahead. You don't have to go home. And right off the top, they go from 32,000 to 10,000. It was 22,000 people right off the top. Then he says, do a drinking contest. Now, I might have done a spear throwing contest or possibly, you know, a slingshot contest possibly. But no, he does a drinking contest. And he says, and I can imagine, I don't know what it was. The commentaries, they all say what it was, but it could have been like, well, the people that drink like this, they, you know, don't use them. And then the people that, that drank like this, that slurped like that, use them. I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. Because what happens is he pairs it down to 300 people. 300 against 135,000. And then he tells them, he says, and we see this in verse 16, dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed the trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. So you take a ram's horn, a clay pot, put it over this torch, and then you go and surround the army, the Midianites. And then when I blow my horn, Everybody else blow their horn, break, break the jar. The torch will be there. And the Lord says, I will confuse them. They turn on themselves and Israel wins the battle. I mean, like, think about that. Like, like, like military, for military strategy, like if one person would have been found out, that would have been utter destruction for Israel and he did it. He did it. Like, like for example, in, in, in verse 2, when he's, when, when he's saying to do all these things, he says the Israelites will boast if I do this. you know what God was doing? God was getting some pride insurance. It was nothing will be clouded in this. No, there's not gonna be any clouding about this. You're gonna know that God did this. There's only 300. And I wanna tell you, it's my story. It's my story. Growing up, you know, I was the guy that was so anxious and nervous about getting in front of people when I even played sports, much less talk. And then I had a guy about 11 years ago, who's a CEO of a local company and he was across the table. I consider him a friend and I was talking to him about being a senior pastor and he looked at me and he said, Johnny, you can't be a senior pastor. You've got too thin skin. And you know what? He was right. I'm insecure. There's a lot, I got got stuff. I have my own fear. Hey, I've hidden out in my share of wine presses my whole life. But I want to remind you what Paul said in the New Testament when Paul said, uh, and you can look if you have it, Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul, he's saying, I've got this thorn in the side. I've got this weakness. I've got this problem. And three times I've prayed and the Lord said this to me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. First thing, pray. Number one, pray. Number two, boast in the weakness that God can even use that. It's a process. God's process for using our weakness to bring him glory over and over. It's the process. I know everybody talks about that in sports and everything, you know, the process, but I want you to know this is God's process. This is God's process for us. Let me look at David. 1 Samuel 17:50 so David defeated the Philistine with only one sling and a stone think about that only one sling and a stone they even but he didn't even get the armor he was Saul's armor wouldn't even fit he's like I ain't, don't give me that he only had the stone and the sling that's all he had he didn't even have the armor look at John when Jesus was ministering and his disciples were there, the disciples said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish, but how can they go for so, how can it, they go among so many? And then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed it, and those who were seated as much as they wanted to eat, and he did the same for the fish. Chapter 7, verse 7, the Lord told Gideon, with, those, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and I will give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the other people home. When God wants to do something great in your life, here's what he does. The first thing he does is God reduces our resources. Financial, emotional, power, social, why? Why? He doesn't want us to mistaken where the power comes from. He wants to show his power. And then God magnifies our need. I mean, have you ever asked that question? Why doesn't God make our lives easier? Why don't I just get all the money I want? Why is it that I I just, why does he take this problem away from me? Why is it that I have to put up with this and that? You know what would happen, don't you? We wouldn't trust him. But let me tell you something, this right here is where the rubber, this is the big moment, this is the big moment. This is when your life takes a turn and God meets you in the wine press. What causes promise and significance? It is the principle of obedience. Someone trusts God with the little that they have. You can wait for someone to show up with more than enough, but it always starts when someone that doesn't have enough trusts God with what they have and God shows up. What you don't see when you walked in here today, some of you have maybe come to church for the first time and you come in like I did when I came in here the first time, I was like, wow, What a nice place. Wow, this church has kind of got it going on. Man, these people, they really are making sure that they have a place to gather. This is incredible. Oh, my friend, there were people like 70 and 80 years ago who took the little they had. There were little frail grandparents who sacrificed and made it possible for us to be here and they took the little they had and God did it. God did it. When someone trusts God with the little they have, they go in the strength that they do have. They're not sitting around waiting for some power. Someday I'll get powerful enough. I'll do that. You go in the strength you have. And then what happens? God uses the little that we have to show how great he is. It's a lousy military strategy. Everything could have gone wrong. And God used the little that they had, and he gave them the victory. My own strength tends, listen, my own strength tends to pull me away from God's strength. And my weakness draws me closer to God's strength. So I need to trust him. You want to do great things for God? You're going to have to face your weaknesses. Of course, when you think about how great God is, you realize all my life is weakness. And that's the importance of depending on God. Because here's what happens. God works through us to accomplish his will. Here's the lesson for today. I want to hide in my weakness, but God wants to use my weakness. I wanna encourage you today. We get to be a part of God's story. We can be a part of what God's continuing story. Some of you have eliminated yourself and you are hiding in the wine press. And God is calling you and he wants your identity to be found in him. And he wants you to go in the strength that you have. Quit waiting for strength you don't have. And then realize that God wants to use my weakness. In Judges, look at you. He is having a hard time. Gideon is having a hard time getting this off of himself. Look at chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. Gideon says this, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I am the least of my entire family. And the Lord says, I will be with you. But Lord, look at my family. Look where I'm from. And I'm the worst. How am I going to live a life, that kind of life of significance? Face your fear of failure. You know, I've found that I have failed many times, but God has never failed me. So I want you to pray today. I want us to spend a moment here praying. And I want you to pray. And I want you to pray and say, Lord, what are you saying to me today about first my identity? Do you know Jesus? Pray pray this, God, I want to be who you say I am according to the Bible. And I'm hiding. Lord, I want to be who you say I am. I've never trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. Lord, I need that today. And then I want you to pray about your activity. Lord, what do you want me to do about that? Some of you have never been baptized. Some of you have never given your life to the Lord. Maybe today's the day. Don't wait for the strength you don't have. Go in the strength you do have today. Act on faith. And then when you think about it, how am I going to do this? What is God saying to you about relying on his power, even with your weaknesses? Go in the strength you do have even in your weaknesses. Father, I thank you for your word and thank you, Lord, that the whole counsel of God points us to Jesus and the mighty God you are. Today, Lord, we pray. I pray, Lord, that you would help every person here to hide themselves in you to know what it is to walk with you. And then Lord, help us to act on faith. Maybe Lord, today there are people here that have never acted on faith. I pray Lord that you would make this day a day to do that. And then Lord, as we walk out of here, so many times on Monday and Tuesday, Lord, we are beaten down. We allow the schemes of the evil one to really remove our joy and our peace that we have in the forgiveness of Christ. Lord, I pray today that you, we would be reminded in my weakness, he is strong. Lord, what's impossible with us and what we think and our own energy and our own thoughts and our own lives and all the stuff, and it's only stuff, Lord, that this world has to offer, Lord, it's empty compared to knowing you and walking with you. Lord, help us to live a life of significance. What's impossible with us, Lord, is possible with you. Help us to know the height and the depth and the the width and the length of the love of God. And that this love that's beyond all comprehension that you would fill us with the fullness of Almighty God. Empty us out, Lord. Empty us out so that we would know you today. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you have never given your life to Christ and you need to move in the strength that you do have today, I wanna invite you over to the cross. If you've never given your life to Christ, Do that business today. Quit hiding in the wine press and move. And then I want you as you today, maybe it is that as you leave here today, you may grow discouraged or weary. Quit waiting for the power you don't have. Go in the power you do have. And remember that even in my weakness, He is strong. He is mighty. Quit trusting in just yourself. Look to God. Put your trust in God. I pray that he would do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine in your identity. Be be God's person today and then trust in him no matter what. God bless you and have a great week.